Hello, everyone. You're listening to Slapdash, the podcast about history, art, science, and everything else. We're your hosts, Shannon Deaton and Jason Creekmore. Welcome to the show. On today's episode, we are discussing a second round of Strange Kentucky Happenings and Phenomenon. The first part of Stranger Kentucky Things was well-received and has been one of our most popular episodes. So today, we're back for round two. Seated across from me is a man who is both strange and from Kentucky, Jason Creekmore. How are you today, sir? I'm a perfect match for this. I think so. You are correct. I am. I'm, I'm extremely strange. You fit well. And I live in the Commonwealth of Kentucky. It works. So it's a perfect match. Now, the cool thing about today's episode is we're actually going to be doing a new segment. So stick around to the end. We don't want to give it away just yet, but there's, there's going to be something a little bit interesting toward the end of the episode. So Jason, you ready to dive into Stranger Things from Kentucky Part 2? I am ready to go. All right. So the first one we have up is a classic UFO sighting. We talked about some of this a little bit in Part 1 with uh, some of the goblins and things that have been sighted in both Western and Eastern Kentucky. But this one is from a place called Madisonville, Kentucky. And here's a little bit of the background. Thomas Mantell was an experienced pilot with a flight history consisting of over 2,166 hours of flying time. So this is a man who has been in the air, uh, the air for a long time, right? I, I would suspect he knows what he's doing. Mantell had also been honored for his part in the Battle of Normandy during World War II. Here's where the story begins. On January 7, 1948, Goldman Army Airfield at Fort Knox, Kentucky, received a report from the Kentucky Highway Patrol of an unusual aerial object near Madisonville, Kentucky. Reports of a westbound circular object reported to be around 250 to 300 feet in diameter were received from Owensboro and Irvington. So this is one of those rare stories, Jason, where the reports were confirmed in two different places. So we see the reports coming in from Owensboro, from Irvington, and being reported to the Goldman Army Airfield at Fort Knox. So it adds a little bit of credibility. And those places are not relatively close, really. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So at about 1.45 p.m., Sergeant Quentin Blackwell saw an object from his position in the control tower at Fort Knox. Two other witnesses in the tower also reported a white object in the distance. The object was described as, quote, very white and about one-fourth the size of the full moon. Through binoculars, it appeared to have a red border at the bottom, and it remained stationary seemingly for one and a half hours. So it just sort of floated in the sky for about an hour and a half. One observer at a neighboring Army airfield in Ohio, you know, another state away, noted, quote, Just before leaving, it came to very near the ground, staying down for about 10 seconds, then climbed at a very fast rate back to its original altitude of 10,000 feet, leveling off and disappearing into the overcast. Its speed was greater than 500 miles per hour. So this thing's going pretty fast. That's, uh, as they say, a moving. It is. <laughs> it was It was trucking. Four fighter aircrafts were sent into the air from the Kentucky Air National Guard, and one of those planes was piloted by Thomas Mantell. One of the pilots ran low of fuel while pursuing the object in the sky and returned to base while the other three pilots continued in pursuit. They all flew at a steep angle into the sky, and they just kept chasing this object higher and higher and higher. And as you know, whenever you go higher and higher and higher, the oxygen levels start to dwindle quite a bit. 
two of the three pilots called off the pursuit once they reached 22,500 feet. They decided that the lack of oxygen and just what they were doing didn't want them to continue pursuing this object because they really couldn't catch up to it. But famously, Mantell continued to climb. So he went up, 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 chasing after this object. According to the Air Force, once Mantell passed 25,000 feet, he blacked out from the lack of oxygen and his plane began spiraling toward the ground. Mantell's plane crashed on a farm south of Franklin, Kentucky, on the Kentucky-Tennessee state line. And when firemen pulled Mantell's body from the plane wreckage, they noted that his seatbelt was shredded and his wristwatch had stopped at 3.18 p.m., the time of his crash. By Hmm. 3.50 p.m., the UFO that Mantell had been pursuing was no longer visible to observers from the ground. So what do you make of that? I, I think one piece of this that makes it really compelling to me is that these are official records. Something was in the sky. These are military records, published newspapers, all that. That's really interesting. I had never heard of that case. Yeah. So whatever it was, there was something in the sky. Four men pursued it in aircrafts. Three of them returned. One continued upward into the sky to find the object, lost consciousness, crashed to the ground, died, and the UFO just seemingly disappeared. Now, this was widely reported uh, by newspapers around the nation and received significant news media attention. Thomas Mantell was the first member of the Kentucky Air National Guard to die in flight, and he is buried in Zachary Taylor National Cemetery in Louisville, Kentucky. So there's been a few explanations put forth around this case. Some folks, uh, specifically those from Project Sign, which was the first Air Force research group assigned to investigate UFOs, reported that Mantell must have seen the planet Venus as it was in the same place in the sky where the UFO was observed. That doesn't track well, I don't think, with what actually happened. No, I don't buy that at all. I mean, I mean, these, you know, these guys were pilots. I mean, they were trained, they were educated. They weren't the only ones who saw it, right? No, I mean, I, that makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. Not a bit. So this was debunked as Venus would not have been bright enough to observe at the time. And, you know, just giving the evidence that it was moving and traveling 500 miles per hour, they were chasing it. Just doesn't make sense that it would be sort of a stationary object in the sky. Another explanation that was put forth is that this may have been a skyhook balloon. And this essentially was one of these weather balloons. Uh, it's always was, a weather it's balloon. It's always a right? weather balloon in all of these UFO cases. <laughs> like in Roswell, it's always a weather balloon. <laughs> weather balloons are always the guinea pigs. That's right. Conclusive evidence was never found that a weather balloon was in the area at the time of the incident. And two, balloons don't typically travel at 500 miles per hour. Have you ever, have you ever seen a balloon? Uh, no, the ones that I'm familiar with just sort of float up like maybe one one foot per second, maybe. Right. Yeah. I don't think 500 miles an hour. Yeah, you're not going to be chasing it. No. Like up into the up into the no. sky. Uh, others have said that potentially the inexperience of Mantell accounted for him crashing the aircraft, but that still, while that may be true, doesn't account for the UFO itself. So what if he was not a very good pilot in this particular aircraft? He still saw something. So did the residents right. around him. So yes, did the other. Several people did, air, right. Yeah, the air uh, traffic control stations. So, Jason, something was there, and it's well documented. And, you know, someone lost their life, unfortunately, pursuing it. Someone who was a, a decorated uh, military hero. That, that's, a, that's a really interesting story, but it's, it's also a sad story. It is, yeah. So, Jason, let's transition a little bit here and tell us a little bit about uh, another strange Kentucky incident. (laughs) Absolutely. Have you ever heard of gravity? 
Gravity. That that rings uh, <laughs> true a little bit for me. What what is gravity? Have you have you ever heard of hill? Just like like like, like a hill, like a mountain. I, I sense you're going somewhere. Yeah, with this. yeah. Have gravity you heard hill, of huh? gravity hill? <laughs> uh, I had never heard of this uh, until a few days ago. But gravity hill, as it's called, is located in Covington, Kentucky, and specifically on Ridgeway Court. So from this area, you can see the Cincinnati skyline. I mean, you're just directly right across from the river. Uh, it, it's a really pretty, a very populated area. But what I'm getting ready to tell you is extremely bizarre. So it's just sort of an ordinary little gently rolling hill that, that goes up. That's, you know, it runs along the side of you know, multiple houses in, in, a, in a neighborhood. But for whatever reason, once you start up the hill, you can actually hit the brakes, put your car in neutral, take your foot off the brakes, and it will roll up the hill. What say you to that? Jason, that's not how gravity works. I, th- I thought you said you knew gravity. You've heard of gravity, right? <laughs> Apparently not. So you're, you're just parked there. You put your car in neutral, and it should roll backwards it should. or stay stationary. You would think either stationary or roll backwards, but there are many people. Uh, there, there are multiple YouTube videos that you can, uh, you know, log on and uh, you know and, and check this out. But there are multiple people that have recorded videos of themselves with the the gear shift in neutral, their foot, you know, not on the gas, and you just see it start to creep uphill for no apparent reason. Huh. And several people have went and said that they did not experience that, but many people said that they did. And like I said, there are several videos out there. Uh, now, I guess there could always be someone behind the car, you know, gently pushing them up or yeah. whatever. But but there's a lot of people that really subscribe to this this theory that this is just sort of a strange place. It's in everyone just refers to it as Gravity Hill. But upon further research, there are numerous places like this uh, throughout the United States. Oh, it's, really? it's not just in this one location. It's huh. not everywhere, but there are several where for for some unexplicable reason, uh, the you know, cars just can can crawl up the hill. Uh, a little bit. There's also in, in a couple of those, not Gravity Hill, but in a couple of more, they also claim that water sometimes will roll uphill at times for a few seconds. So again, that's that's some strange phenomenon, but that's one that's actually close enough that you know the next time we go watch the Reds play, we can just pull on <laughs> uh, we can pull on Ridgeway Court there in Covington, Kentucky, and put it neutral and see, see if that's true, see if that's true or not. All right, so so let's say that no one is trying to pull a hoax here. Right. All right, let, let's assume for just a moment that this is legitimate. Let, let's assume that, Jason, we, we've driven you know over to Gravity Hill, we put the car in neutral, and we start creeping up the hill. What can account for that? I mean, I mean, what do you think? What what's going on there? I have no idea, but I mean, ever since I've read this and watched the videos, uh, you know, that may sound a little crazy, but I really want to do this. I, I mean, like, so, I mean, honestly, the yeah. next time I'm going magnets? to Cincinnati or something, <laughs> so it's going a strong breeze. It's probably <laughs> it's probably like someone at the top of the hill, like one of those uh, Acme magnets, like the oh, yeah. Roadrunner and Wiley it's Coyote like an old cartoons, <laughs> just kind of pulling you up, pulling the, hill. up the hill. Yeah. No, but but the next time I'm in the neighborhood, I am going to swing by there and check that out. And of course, you know, when you think about it, there are places in the world that strange things occur. You know, one of them That's is true. really not far from where we live with the uh, the moonbow at Cumberland Falls. Uh, to my knowledge, I think that that now that is the only place on Earth that that occurs. I think there was one other place, but I think maybe 
some kind of an event, like maybe an earthquake or something, caused a shift in some things, and that, that's no longer the case now for, for that location. Huh. The Moombo in Cumberland Falls, I think, is the only place on Earth where that occurs, and that makes no sense. I mean, like a rainbow at night. When I was going to say, so for listeners who, who aren't from Kentucky, right. what is the Moombo? The, the Moombo is basically uh, when, when there's a full moon, uh, you, you, can, you can walk down to Cumberland Falls, and, of course, there's like a tremendous amount of mist that's coming up because you know, the Cumberland Falls is actually – I think it's the second, I think it's the biggest falls east of the Mississippi River. It may be the second biggest uh, only uh, to uh, Niagara Falls. Right. I think it's, it's, it's a really big falls. Huge tourist area. Yeah. And, uh, but at certain times on, on full moon nights when the sky is clear, you can see a moonbo. You can see colors emerge at night. I mean, you know, depending on what time it is, but, you know, like in the spring and summer, you can go down there at 9, 10, 11 o'clock at night, and they have moonbow festivals, and there's yeah. dozens, if not hundreds of people there sort of documenting it all the time, and it's it's sort of a weird occurrence when you really think about what you're looking at at right. night, you know, but it's, I mean, I've seen it a couple of times myself. It's pretty cool. It is, and it's just, you know, you have to be there on a full moon night. The yep. light comes in. It refracts off that mist that's rising right. up out of the, the waterfall there, and uh, pretty neat, something that you wouldn't otherwise see. So, yes. Yeah, I mean, that's different. So, you know, maybe maybe Gravity Hill is a uh, <laughs> an actual thing. I, I like to check it out. Yeah, maybe the moon has something to do with it. You think <laughs> it would be cool if, if maybe that that only works the night that the moonbow comes out? Right. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's it's an all it's Kentucky all connected, connection. Man. That's right. Yep. So, Shannon, what do you have next for us? I have one that's kind of bizarre, Jason. Uh, well, I, we like bizarre. <laughs> so in, in terms of strange things in Kentucky, we've talked about goblins, UFOs, strange gravity events. Jason, have you ever heard of the lizard men of Kentucky? <laughs> I have not. Tell me about it. I, I'd be glad to. And you know who else could tell you about it? Uh, a little article that was written on October 28, 1878 in a newspaper printed in Louisville, Kentucky, called the Courier-Journal. That's I'm familiar with the Courier-Journal, and that article has, has been written for quite a while. It, it's been around. <laughs> the title of that article uh, was called Wild Man of the Woods, and uh, it was... That's even more terrifying oh, it's, than, it's, than Lizard it's Man. worse than Lizard <laughs> Man, yeah. So Wild Man of the Woods talks about a person who was captured and played... Well, I use the word person loosely, a humanoid creature being uh, of some sort yeah, that was captured and placed on public display in Louisville. And what's so bizarre about this, number one, it it occurs in a reputable journal. It's reported very matter-of-factly, no tongue-in-cheek. It just says... This is totally normal, right? This happened. The humanoid creature was said to be over six feet tall, with eyes twice as large as a human's, and with scales for skin. So hence, Lizard Man, right? Oh my gosh. Yeah, scary. Now, this wasn't the only only time that lizard men were reported in Kentucky. In August 1955, it was reported that two women were attacked by an unknown creature in the Ohio River near Henderson, Kentucky. One of the women was reportedly grabbed by her leg and pulled underwater by a large clawed hand. She managed to escape, and the two women scared the creature away. I can't imagine how they did that. (laughs) Wow. Yeah, so when the woman's leg was inspected, there were visible claw marks where the hand had seized her and a green stain that reportedly could not be washed off for days. I don't know. That, that kind of says lizard man to me, or in the very <laughs> least, crazy guy That's <laughs> lurking in the water. <laughs> I think that definitely uh, constitutes a strange Kentucky phenomenon. Oh, yeah. There. I'm going to label it. So a few years later, in 1966, there was a reported sighting of a bipedal lizard man in Breckenridge County, Kentucky. 
The creature was described as very amphibious looking and covered in brownish green scales. The creature was said to have appeared outside of a home late at night and then ran off into the darkness on its hind legs when confronted. So, Jason, you've recently installed some uh, uh, security cameras around your house. That's and right. we were just looking at this before the show started, and those things kind of click on whenever it senses motion. Right. Something walks in front of them. So, Jason, if you were sitting here tonight and all of a sudden your phone buzzed, you picked it up, and you saw this lizard man, this amphibious-looking brownish-green scaled lizard man standing at your front door, how do you feel about that? I would be moving to Montana. <laughs> The very next day. Don't think I haven't thought about weird things like that because like every morning I, I get up and there's like 15 different notifications that something has happened. Oh, from the, the oh, camera. From the camera. Okay. And so, you know, usually in the morning I start looking at those. And so far they have all been my cat that's outside. <laughs> okay. But I'm just, I'm just petrified. Like in the middle of all those is going to be just some strange, you know, lizard man just come walking up and just sort of the dead stare, you know, right into the camera. Oh, <laughs> man. That's okay. So that would just scar you for life. I'm going to find that Sasquatch outfit that you were wearing. <laughs> oh, my my gosh. History of Cryptids episode. Well, I wasn't wearing that. Oh, that wasn't you. No, it well, wasn't me. Sasquatch no, yeah, was yeah. there, but uh, but how how crazy would that be? Just if if someone were to, oh, to prank you that way, you'd have Man. to have so much therapy. Yeah, that that'd be the end of it. I'd take the cameras down. I would just say, <laughs> you know what? Some things are better left unknown. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to know. <laughs> So following this particular incident in 1976, about 10 years later, in Trimble County, Kentucky, there was a sighting of a giant lizard that ran on its hind legs. Uh, According to a witness, the creature was about 15 feet long, had a forked foot-long tongue, and big eyes that bulged something like a frog's. It was dull white with black and white stripes across its body. Man, these are some vivid descriptions. And let me ask you this. Do you, do you think these are all the same lizard man and he's evolving over time? Or, or do you think that well, at these some are point, different lizard men? At some point, if he keeps growing, he's going to be Godzilla. <laughs> That's right. He's going to be kind of tough to hide. He's getting out of control. So in 1990, an investigator from Wisconsin named Mary Burlington became convinced that three-toed reptilian humanoids were walking the earth. Well, certainly. Yeah, because they have to be. Evidence collected by Mary Burlington, and you can find some of this online, mostly include footprints that appear from the Red River Gorge in Kentucky to the Prestonsburg area. I thought it was interesting that they mentioned the three-toed footprints again, because when we talked about in the last episode of of The Stranger Things I thought that, yeah. Yeah, we were talking about these three-toed footprints that were found by these goblins. Right. Or, or well, oh, yeah. not found Absolutely. by goblins, but yeah. people thought they were these goblins. Right. Kind of interesting. Apparently, there's some uh, three-toed something out there on the loose in Kentucky, wow. and people keep finding these footprints. So, Jason, what's next up on our list? Well, I have a very specific one, and his name, or its name, whatever we're talking about here, is called Spring-Hilled Jack. So I'm going to say that one more time because those words don't really sound right together. (laughs) Spring, Uh healed. Like heel heel of your foot? Like heel of your foot and spring like like a bouncy up and down type thing, right? Okay. So spring-heeled jack is a legend actually from the Victorian era uh, in England. He was said to either be a man or at least some sort of being dressed, you know, kind of like a bat, who literally jumped from rooftop to rooftop in London and terrorized pedestrians walking the streets at night. Uh, most of the pedestrians were women. 
The first sighting of Spring Hill to Jack occurred in 1837 and would continue for decades. Uh, some even connect Spring Hill Jack to Jack the Ripper, who began murdering young women in the Whitechapel area of London uh, some 50 years later in 1888. Now, Shannon, I know what you're thinking. This is Kentucky Stranger Things, so what connection does this have to Kentucky? Yeah, what's going on now? Well, it's a major one. On July 28, 1880, the Courier-Journal, which of course is a newspaper based in Louisville that you had mentioned sure. earlier, reported that an unknown man dressed like, dressed like Spring Hill Jack attacked pedestrians and was jumping over horse-drawn carriages and onto rooftops. And descriptions of this person or this creature, they kind of vary a little. They, they all agree on that he has some kind of like pointy ears, wears some kind of like black wings or black cape. Is he Batman? He he, he may be Batman. It kind of sounds like Batman. <laughs> on this characterized Batman. <laughs> Maybe Bruce Wayne has been around for a while. That's right. Spring Hill Bruce. That's that's right. And 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 you know some of the some of the accounts uh, you know claim that he spits out like some kind of blue white like fire or smoke out of his mouth that sort of mesmerizes people. Then that's how he sort of gets away. Uh, in all of the accounts, he can jump extremely high. Uh, he's not, I mean, I think he's sort of like an average size. I've seen him listed somewhere between like <laughs> five, eight, five, nine to yeah. like six, two or three. He's just sort of, or somewhere in the Depending middle. On if he's wearing his spring heels. I guess spring right? heels. Yeah. yeah. But you know, the reason he's, you know, has that name is spring Hill Jack is that he can literally just jump down sort of like a kangaroo attack, whoever, and just jump away. So so that sounds a little bit like the Jersey Devil. We talked about the Jersey Devil on the History of Cryptids episode. That yeah, that, that's right. So the Jersey Devil is more of a creature type of, you know, f- a figure where, right. you know, people don't really like mistake him for a man. So but but there are a lot of similarities where, you know, both of them sort of have like, you know, some pointy ears, they have some kind of a wing type thing, they have sort of weird feet, they jump from rooftop to rooftop, they attack <laughs> people. There's a lot of similarities, yeah. you know. So you know, Jersey Devil, maybe that also has some kind of uh, background or connection to Spring-Hilled Jack. So, Jason, I'm interested if uh, if someone were to pick a fight with either Spring-Hilled Jack or the <laughs> Lizard Man, I, I wonder which one they would choose. I don't know if I have a direct answer to that. Do you, right off? <laughs> I don't think I have a direct one, but uh, why don't we ask some folks? Yeah, so this is our new segment. So, Jason, tell our listeners a little bit about what we're going to do right now. <laughs> Absolutely. So, to round out this episode, we are going to introduce a new segment called Cold Call, where we just ask a question to one of our friends without any context. We're just going to call up a random friend, ask them a, a question, and we're going to basically just record their response as we are recording right now. So that they'll have no idea. They'll have what, no what the idea. Context is whatsoever. Right. All right. I'm excited about that. So let's call up my buddy, Will. <laughs> Let's see if he answers. Hello? Hey, Will. Hey. <laughs> hey, what's going on? <laughs> well, hey, uh, I'm sitting here with uh, Shannon Deaton right now, and we are podcasting about strange phenomena in Kentucky. Okay. And so I want to ask you a question, and you can just give me your answer. And then if you you know feel the need, if the spirit moves you to defend your answer, then you can go right ahead. All right. Okay. So here's the question: okay. Who right. would you rather fight in a dark alley? Okay. The Lizard Man of Kentucky, <laughs> right. or Spring Hilled Jack? <laughs> the Lizard Man of Kentucky, or yeah. Spring Hilled Jack? Yeah, Spring Hilled oh, Jack. Gosh. 
Jeez, that's a tough one. I think, you know, the Wizard Man of Kentucky, yeah. Spring, Spring Hill Jack sounds way too wiry and, and out of control for me. It, 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 Spring Hill Jack is like something you might, you know, have to face. I mean, I sort of imagine kind of a situation like uh, an American werewolf in, in London or something where they're, you know, in, in kind of the woods and walking through the, you know, and Spring Hill Jack pops out. And he, I couldn't handle Spring Hill Jack at all. <laughs> so uh, the Lizard Man of Kentucky probably is, is what I would go with there. Uh, I think I've heard of the Lizard Man of Kentucky, though. Is that not... What is the Lizard Man of Kentucky? Is that like Eastern Kentucky phenomenon, or what is that? I don't think it's actually Eastern Kentucky. I think it's maybe like around sort of Northern Kentucky and then sort of Northwestern Kentucky a little bit. Maybe like right around the uh, Ohio-Indiana borders. Yeah, Spring Hill. I I definitely would take the Lizard Man uh, of Kentucky in that one. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Sp- yeah. Spring Hill, Spring Hill Jack just sounds like he's just too much of a wild card. Yeah, you know, Spring Hill Jack is like he popped out playing a ukulele. <laughs> you, know, you, you don't know. I, there's yeah, there's too much of the unknown with that. Um, <laughs> at least with a wizard, you know, with an upright wizard, which you know, I, I can I can envision how I would at least try to like grapple with it. <laughs> <laughs> Spring Hill Jack, I, I could not, I, I wouldn't want to be part of that at all. <laughs> Matter of fact, that's terrifying. Spring Hill Jack is terrifying just to say it and just to think about it. Well, that's that's certainly what we thought, so that was what we called. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. Oh, hey, yeah. thanks all a bunch. Right. All right. Thanks. Sweet dreams. All right. <laughs> <laughs> There That's you go. awesome. So, there you so go, he's Shannon. taking the lizard man. He's all taking day. the lizard man. Yep. Too, right. too much of the unknown. I with, like that. With, with Spring Hill. Like Jack. He said he would he would jump out uh, playing a ukulele. <laughs> <laughs> For some reason, that's terrifying. <laughs> that's pretty bad. Uh, so so let's call one more person. All right. Uh, sure. We're gonna get our buddy Chad here on the phone, and we'll we'll see what Chad uh, thinks about the exact same question. And so that's so far. Uh, Will's taking the lizard man. <laughs> right. Let's see if Chad has the the same reaction. Let's see if we can get him on the phone here. Hey, how's it going? Hey, Chad, how are you, man? I'm doing great. How are you all? Doing great. So uh, Jason and I are sitting here podcasting a little bit, and we're doing an episode on Stranger Kentucky Things, part two. Uh, We did an episode here a few weeks ago, and I I just have a question for you. Do you have time to answer a quick question? Yeah, that sounds great. What's up? All right. So so here's the question. All right. It's pretty straightforward. So, So, Chad, who would you rather fight in a dark alley? All right, so you, so you have two choices, and I'm not going to give you any more context than the names of these two uh, entities. Uh, all right, so entity number one is the Lizard Man of Kentucky. Okay, <laughs> okay that that's one option, or you can face off against someone known as Spring Hilled Jack. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so wow. so just talk okay, through yeah, that a little bit awesome. and t- tell us what your feelings are. Just just be honest about it. <laughs> Spring, spring, field, spring, spring, like bouncy, Homer, yeah, like Homer Simpson, okay, yeah, like, yeah, spring, spring healed, like a was, heel of a boot, spring healed, oh, Jack. Okay, okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> in that in that matchup, I, I have to go with probably the lizard man because it seems mysterious <laughs> and unknown. I don't know what he would have like in his arsenal to come out with. Right now, spring, spring healed, spring healed, like Jack. A, 
<laughs> not not to be confused know. with Spring Hill Tom. That, that's a whole different whole different thing. So this is the Spring Hill Jack. That's right. Spring Hill Jack. Now the Jack is what gets me on camera. It was like a you know like a, a a Wayne or like a you know like a Susie or something like sounds harmless. The Jacks you know like Jack the Ripper. You know like kind of yeah. kind of evokes those feelings of that, but. <laughs> I have uh, lizards, you know, snakes. That's not something you want to get tangled up in. You know, it's not right. uh, the kind of a uh, place I usually try to avoid those dark alleys with oh, lizard yeah. men. So, yeah, uh, so. apparently there's uh, folks you can face off against in any given dark alley in the world. So you just have to pick and choose, I well, guess. I've not faced off against them yet. I hope to keep my distance <laughs> from a lizard man, but uh, that I, I think I could take a Springfield, a Springhield Jack, probably in those circumstances. Okay, so so you're choosing to fight Springhield Jack then, and not the lizard yeah, exactly. man. Exactly, not the lizard man. No, I, I've seen too many, uh, you know, too many teenage mutant ninja turtles or <laughs> something else that would have like that as a villain. You know. Oh yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, All right, you've man. Never seen a good guy that's a lizard, man. I don't think in any. In any you know, situation. that's actually a really good point. I, I've never saw like a friendly lizard man. You know, just kind of helping helping elderly people across the street, or exactly. Yeah. Anything like that. Spring Hill Jack. I, I don't know. Have you ever? Does that strike you as someone who could be like a good guy? Spring Hill Jack. The spring, I guess, is just what kind of evokes. Like either he's like a peppy, got a pep in his step, or. Uh, you, know, you know, like maybe he's like a you know an all around kind of you know boxer or something like that. But just generally speaking, that doesn't like strike fear. It's like, just like a, it's kind of like, you know, maybe like Jack is like a you know a derogatory term or something like that. He's like he's like a bad guy, you know, like like I said, Jack the Ripper or something. Right, like, kind of right. Do, do you think you could take him? <laughs> With very little I- information, uh, so probably I can't take it to one of these guys. Just, but. just based on the name. So I'm, I'm going to paint a picture for you. You're, you're walking down an alley. You see this huge billboard <laughs> highlighting this, uh, you know, this awesome fight that's getting ready to take place, and it just says uh-huh. Chad versus Springhill Jack. <laughs> Who, who's going to win in that fight? <laughs> Uh, I think if you have like a uh, like an adjective in front of your name, you've probably been around the around the block a time or two. Like if it was like like chiseled Chad or something, it might be a, an indicator of like what I've been up to. But I, you know, if it just says Chad versus anyone with an adjective in front of their name, probably they're going to take the fight. I was if I was going to give them, especially if it's about physical prowess. I think probably. That's awesome, man. I, so, so, like, chiseled chin, Chad. Yeah. Well, yeah, for, yeah, from this day, Spring like Hill Jack. Kind of invoke a little more fear. In, in I, I'm afraid a little bit. Yeah, that, that scares me. Yeah. You know, how, how did he get this chiseled chin? You know, that's that's kind of an indicator exactly. of manliness a little bit, having this carved out chin, you know? Yeah, yeah. You'd have to come up with something like that on the billboard just to kind of even the odds, I think. But otherwise, I think you've got it. <laughs> all right man well hey thanks for taking our call and uh we appreciate awesome. the answer buddy no problem you guys have a good night <laughs> see ya take, take care so so chad's taking spring hill jack will's taking the lizard man or does that surprise you a bit no because i could see just depending on how you perceive things how either one of those would be equally terrifying yeah <laughs> it just kind of depends on what scares you the most yeah you know like if if you want to fight the lizard man you know you're like you know, you know what you're getting into right probably sure. a long tail teeth claws all that <laughs> 
which is which is really bad. But yeah. Spring Hill Jack, you just don't know. I kind of have the feeling like he has like a backpack or something, and you just don't know what's <laughs> going to be in that backpack. What's a ukulele? Well, yes, apparently, yeah. And so you know that would also be like. I mean, I don't even know if Spring Hill Jack would even fight you. Like he may just like pull out like an art set and start painting like a picture <laughs> of you, like falling off a roof or something. And then you just you know your eyes would start bleeding and you just have to run off into the, oh, that's the distance. Or that's, that's just awful, man. So the lizard man has the claws. What, what did Spring Hill Jack do to people? So he jumped around on buildings and that. I guess he just literally pounced, like pounced. Oh, he on jumped you. on. Him. Yeah, just sort of jumped on you. To, yeah, and he, and he breathed some blue smoke and apparently and flew away, and, and you didn't know what happened. That's exactly right. You just kind of got beat up by Spring Hill Jack. <laughs> All right, I'm, I'm going to take that. That that's that's pretty cool. <laughs> so, Jason, do you, do you have anything else to say on the subject of Stranger Kentucky Things Part Two? I think we covered some pretty strange things tonight. So, uh, you know, maybe with a little bit of luck, there might be a, a part three sometime in the near future. We'll have to do a little more research. Yeah, we'll have to dig in and see what other other crazy things are That's out right. there. Maybe do some more cold calls. That's right. Oh, absolutely. Be yeah. Fun. yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, thanks to all of our listeners who are joining us each week. Uh, we encourage you to follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram with the handle at SlapdashPod. Thanks so much, and we'll catch you in the next episode. Take care, everyone. Thank you.